All right, let's turn in the Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can pull out the pew Bible there, the black Bible, and it would be page 1062. 1062. I love hearing people give good compliments. Everybody likes to receive a compliment, and I've talked about this before, but I love hearing somebody give a good compliment, and one of my favorites, and you hear it a lot in sports, but it would apply to other things, is the compliment of telling somebody that you're a winner. A winner. You might hear people say, when you start to be around sports, he's just a winner. That's a good compliment, right? He's just a winner. He's won a lot, because there's a lot that goes into winning And the flip side of that is being a loser, and nobody wants to be a loser. Nobody wants to be the person that loses a lot. That's not very fun, right? Winning solves so many problems. Winning feels good. Well, this idea of winning or being victorious or getting the uh, favorable outcome is in Scripture. It's there. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians tonight, chapter 15, and you have this idea of winning or getting the victory. We read in our call to worship from 1 John chapter 5, and you have this idea of winning or having the victory, and you know what that is, the tallest person on the podium, the person with the trophy, or the first place blue ribbon, or the gold medal, or crossing the finish line first, or scoring the most points when the buzzer goes off, or the highest score, or so forth. Winning. But as you know, and I have preached it a thousand times in my life, the Bible's not about sports. It's about life. Matter of fact, it's about God and life. That's what the Bible's about. And so as much as we might have our other hobbies and interests, the main thing about the Bible is God and life. And that's sweet. And I pray that because of your hope in God or trust in God or even looking toward God, you are studying the Bible to know what it says about God. But I pray also that because you have life and you're living a life and God's given you a life and you're in life, that you're also looking to the Bible because you want to know what God says about that as well. And when you do, you'll see that talking about life in light of God, there is such a thing as winning. I'm not trying to make you more competitive by any means, but I am trying to get us to look with a very seriousness at God and toward God Can people be winners in life? Can people be winners at life? Can people be losers at life? I know we hate to say that. Are people losers? Are people winners when it comes to life? Well, at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you have this long chapter, and I know you're familiar with it, You have 58 verses in this one chapter, and it is all about the resurrection. At 1 Corinthians 15, I want you to look at the first couple verses. 
Paul says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. In our Sunday school class this morning, I talked about the gospel so many times. In my sermon this morning, I talked about the gospel so many times. And right here at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15, he says the gospel is what you received, it's what you stand in, it's what you are being saved, and it's what you were holding fast to, and it's what you believed. Right? Now, that's a big deal. That's loaded right there. You need to be all about the gospel. Verse 3, he explains the gospel. For I delivered to you as of first importance, most important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. The Bible, the Old Testament scriptures, teach that Jesus died for our sins. That is the truth of God. That is the gospel. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. From there, that gospel truth, that biblical teaching of the resurrection of Jesus, the living Jesus, from there, he goes from verse 5 all the way to verse 58, emphasizing how true and life-changing and impactful and difference-making the resurrection of Jesus is. 1 Corinthians 15 brings us all the way to the point of saying everything about God and everything about Christianity and everything about truth hinges on whether Jesus is alive or not. I know that's a big statement. I know that when you settle down into just being a good person or into morality, you may not think that it is that big of a deal. I know that there are people who would say, well, I'm not so sure about certain things. But I want you to know that the Bible teaches the resurrection of Jesus, that he died and that he is now living, that he rose again, that God raised him up, that he is alive forevermore, is so absolutely crucial that if that's not true, none of it's true. And if that's true, it changes everything. And 1 Corinthians 15 is all about that. I mean, it gets clear. It says, if it's not true, then let's go eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Who cares? It's that big of a deal. Well, as he's talking about the resurrection being that important, that Christ has come and defeated sin and death and the devil. Anything bad that you can think of, for the most part, is wrapped up in those three categories. And you've heard me preach that a lot. I, I, I throw it into a lot of sermons. All bad things are connected to sin and or death and or the devil. Right? You hear me say that a lot. All bad things are connected to sin and or death and or the devil. Well, Christ has overcome those. Why did he die on the cross? For our sin. What happened to him on the cross? He died. Who thought that they were doing something good through it for themselves? The devil. Who lost? The devil, right? He overcame those things when he rose again. And the Bible says, if you look at verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you know that verse. If you didn't know that verse already, that's a good one to know. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory that Christ has can be the victory that you have. 
In other words, you can have the victory. You can be a winner, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. You can be a winner at life. You can be a winner in religion. You can be a winner in the world. You can be a winner, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. So tonight, I want to give you three characteristics of a winner. And I'm serious about this. I hope it's not coming across as, as just overly simple. The three characteristics of a winner. Number one, winners are thankful. Winners are thankful. In verse 57, after he has spent the entire chapter, and notice it's at the end of the book, so he spent 15 chapters writing to the Corinthians, and if you know anything about this book of the Corinthians, he deals with all sorts of heavy, sinful stuff, and it's at chapter 15 that he spends 56 verses talking about that all of that drama-filled, disgusting, sinful life that they were involved with, that you and I are involved with, can be overcome through Jesus, praise the Lord. Jesus gives the victory. And then he says that you can have that victory as well. And if you do have the victory, my, 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 what a thankfulness it creates. Right? Think about all the Psalms that say, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Right? Are you thankful? Are you thankful? Thankful for... This weather today, thankful for your breath, thankful for your health, thankful for this place and for these people. Are you thankful? Do you say thank you? Do you tell people thank you? Do you let people know that you're thankful? Well, I am somewhat concerned about your manners, but I'm much more concerned about your heart. It's your mom or grandma's fault if you don't have manners. Are you thankful to God? I'm serious about this. Do you pray to God just asking him to do more? God, help this to work out right. God, please fix this situation. God, do this. God, do that. Please, God, do that. I'm praying to you in the name of Jesus. God, please do that. Do you ever just pray with thankfulness? God, thank you so much for a church. Thank you so much for your word that's feeding my starving soul. God, thank you so much for this friend, for these people. Thank you, God. But thanks be to God. Do you realize that your sinful soul can go to heaven? Do you realize that you may be on your way to heaven right now and it is all owed to the mercy of God? Should we not all say, God, thank you so much? Man, we need to be thankful people. Do you remember that passage? And if you can get there quickly, I do want to read it to you. In Luke 17, this one's often overlooked quite a bit. I want to read it to you. It's not very long, but it's good. Luke 17. Winners are thankful people. Oh, I want us to be thankful people. But again, not so much your manners that you tell me thank you, but that you tell God thank you. Luke 17, verse 11. 
On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he, that's Jesus, entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, leprosy is a skin disease, and there's ten lepers that have this skin disease that are standing over there, Jesus passing by, and they're yelling at Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So what you got right here in Luke 17, what you have is that Jesus has just done a miracle, a healing miracle. Ten people with a skin disease have cried out to Jesus for mercy. It really doesn't say he did anything or touched them or whatever. He just said, Go show the priest. In other words, let the priest know who really God is. So go show yourself to the priest. And as they were going to the priest, they were healed. Watch what happens. Verse 15, then one of them, now how many were there? Ten. Look at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and did what? Giving him what? Thanks. How many got healed? Ten. How many came back? One. Look what Jesus says next. Verse 17, Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner because he was a Samaritan? He said to, them, he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There are two clear points in that passage. The foreigner very well may be the person that's focused on God. The other point in that passage is be thankful for what God has done for you. That's clear, right? Ten miracles, ten people healed, ten people cleansed of their skin disease, and only one and comes back and says, thank you, and Jesus says, where's the other thankful? Nine. Where's the thankfulness? When I look at my life and I stand amazed that God has given me a wife and children and a church, family, I've got a lot to be thankful for. And so do you. Winners are thankful people. I love to see a sporting event or, or any big thing come to an end and they do the interview, right? I love to see when they interview somebody to see what they say. And when they're bragging and boasting, you're kind of turned off. But when they start thanking their coaches and their teammates, somebody hits the game-winning shot and thanks his teammates, right? You just like that, don't you? You just like that. There's something about thankfulness that lets you know he's a winner. Bible teaches us that too. Thanks be to God. The first characteristic of a winner is that they are thankful. May you be thankful to God. Secondly, winners know winners know that it's a gift. Look here. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I know there's a tendency for all that succeed to beat their chest and say, I, I did it. I've worked so hard for this, and I've put into work, and I did it. 
And we can all think of examples in the workplace or saving money or climbing a ladder or mowing the grass or chopping down a tree or competing or whatever where you worked hard and you got it. But I hate to bust your bubble here tonight that with all of the effort that you have put in, were it not for the grace of God, you still would not have won. Winning is a victory. But winning is a gift. The victory is a gift. You realize you can go out and play the best game you've ever played and perform better than you ever have and still lose. That happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. You realize that you could have studied and studied and studied and studied and studied for a test and truly have done your very best and overachieved and gotten a 99. But there may have been somebody who overachieved even more and got a 100. It's a gift. This is very clear when you start reading Scripture. Let's be honest. There are some people that are really good at life, and then they can produce kids that are really good at life. Y'all ever heard of the Zeller family? They're out of Indiana. They had three sons that played basketball. The oldest is Luke Zeller. He went to, played basketball in Indiana, and he went to Notre Dame and ended up in the NBA. All right? Then they had another one named Tyler Zeller, and he went to North Carolina and ended up in the NBA, still in the NBA. Then they had another named Cody Zeller, and he went to Indiana, and, and he ended up in the NBA. He still is. Well, check this out. Two parents, a mom and a dad, had three boys. All three boys, valedictorians of their high school up in Indiana. All three of them, valedictorians, right? All three of them, All-Americans. All three of them, Division I basketball players. All three of them in the NBA. That's remarkable, isn't it? Some people are just really, really good at life. But you know what? Even when you're good at life, it does not, listen to me, it does not make you right with God. It does not make you right with God. Getting right with God is not about doing it right. Getting right with God is about being forgiven of your sins and that mercy producing in you wanting to do life right. The doing life right get, does not earn you anything. The mercy of God washes away all of your sins. He forgives you through Christ and that produces in you a desire to do right. I am happy to tell you that those zealer parents are believers in Christ. And part of what produced them of being so good at life is their faith in Christ. They are winners because they have the victory, but I think that they know that victory in life is a gift from God. Do you see here that it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory? The Bible does not allow you to ever stand and say, well, I'm just so godly because here's what I do. Or I'm just so spiritual and religious and right to God or close to God because of me. It doesn't. It's a gift. I know you know this passage, but for the sake of the point, listen to this in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. You having faith in God is the gift of God. It is not your own doing. You have victory in life. You're a winner in life. You're a believer in Jesus. But it is God gifting that to you. That victory is a gift. 
So we are those that believe that God gives the victory. Winners understand that. Winners understand that God is a gracious God. He gives us that. We are thankful, and God has given it to us. Number one, winners are thankful. Number two, winners know that it's a gift. And then lastly, number three, winners know what it takes. Winners know what it takes. To continue writing the sports analogy, you often hear, yeah, they just don't have enough experience yet. They're too young or they're inexperienced. And what they're meaning is that those who have been around the block a time or two, those who have been through it, those who have felt the agony of defeat, those who have experienced it, get it a little bit better. Well, I want to say this same thing from the scriptures, that winners know what it takes. But again, the Bible's not about sports. The Bible is talking to us about God and life. So winners, spiritually speaking, winners know what it takes to get this victory in life. And to be honest, this is a big deal. This is controversial. This is something that must be studied. So look back to verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through. Through. The victory is there. The victory is a gift. The victory is something you have to be thankful for. The victory is not widespread and necessarily easy to be found. Jesus talks about the road that leads to the victory being narrow and few find it as opposed to being broad and many find it. This through means there's a way that you enter into the victory. This through means that there's a way that you might not get the victory because you didn't go through this way. Perhaps you tried to go that way to get it, or you tried this to get it, or perhaps, like many people in the world, and I showed you this on the three circles a couple weeks ago when I used the whiteboard, they're in the circle of brokenness, and they're trying to get back to God's design, and they keep trying to go, if you remember, the brokenness circle and the God's design circle, they kept trying to go this way, back to it and you can't do that and so we say if we had more education things would be better if we had more money things would be better if I could get a $600 check in the mail life would be better right and we start thinking that all of those things are going to be the full answer but in the three circles I told you you had to go through Jesus and 1 Corinthians 15 7 says that exactly but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you start talking about winning, you know, I, I know some people recently who've gotten some promotions in their work and they're, and they're doing more and I love to ask them if they're, if they're, how many hours they're working and if their salary and you've all heard it a ton of times and, and you may be living it right. And a lot of times somebody is working a ton of hours but their salary and so they're not getting paid for the amount of hours they work. You ever heard somebody talk about what they make and then they, they work salary and they say, well, man, if you talked about what I made by the hour, it'd be a lot lower because I work so many hours, right? You know that? Yeah. Well, you start talking about that and you get into this idea of is it, is it worth it? This is what it takes. And you start remembering that Sometimes it takes a lot to accomplish what I'm trying to do. 
If you're a boss that works a salary, you kind of wish, right? And every boss has been there before, and they kind of say, man, sometimes I kind of wish I could go work in that hourly rate, and I could just clock out and not have to worry about it, right? The boss knows what it takes. The boss knows, or the salary person knows what it takes. Winners know what it takes. Sometimes it's long hours, sometimes it's this. They get that. Well, listen here. In life, winners know what it takes. You know what it takes in life? It takes a savior outside of you. It takes a savior that would become your sin and die on the cross for you. It takes a savior that would become your sin, become your death, and become your victory, and then God giving you that. Winners know what it takes, and they know that it comes through Jesus. Three characteristics of a winner. They're thankful. They know that winning is a gift, and they know what it takes. Attitude makes a big difference. We're dealing with this a lot in our house because we're busy, and when you're busy, you're tired, and when you're tired, your attitude is not what it should be, right? So we deal with this a lot, and it doesn't get dark until later now, and so we're usually out later, and so then we're in bed later, and all of those things. And sometimes an attitude can stink, can it? It really can. I think it's just... Attitude's terrible. I want tonight to help you think about your attitude and your personality and just the, the, the aroma you put off in life. And I want to remind you in this little verse to have the attitude of a winner. Be thankful. But not just polite to those around you. Should be that. But thankful to God. Before you fall asleep tonight, tell God all you're thankful for. Forty years of marriage with a husband that reads the Bible on the beach, that, I'm thankful for that. Tell God all you're thankful for. Remind yourself that you're only trusting in Christ because it was a gift. And remind yourself that all of it came through Jesus. May our focus be on him. May we be followers of Christ. May he get the glory. Let's be winners. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and the depths of the meaningful whole chapter of the resurrection. Father, thank you that Christ is risen Thank you that death has been overcome, sin has been dealt with. And Father, thank you for this term of the victory. God, I pray that we believers would have the characteristics of a winner. Oh Lord, give us thankful hearts. May we be like that one leopard that comes back and says, thank you, God. Thank you for the gift. And thank you for Jesus who it all is through. It's all owed to him. Father, we worship you tonight and we thank you for our time here. In Christ's name we pray, amen.